0: You're locked into JJ and Alex with the insight and analysis on the teams you can't live without. Presented by G2G Bars. This is 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone.
1: Honestly, I feel like everybody in the world knows about the history of this position here. You got to match that level every year. That's what it's about. Every year, there's a good quarterback in the system that runs this. So you need that every single year. Every, every team needs a really good quarterback because that's who's in command. That's who's the leader on the field. That's the guy. The, the quarterback position is very important.
2: I love Gary. Gary's great. <laughs> Me and that guy had inside jokes on, on day two, to be honest with you. I mean, it's cool to see a guy like that, you know, with some experience to come in the room. And that's so fun to be able to just, you know, bounce things off of him. And he's a great dude. And just love hanging out with the guy in general. Welcome back.
1: It is 97.5 EKSL so Zone. It's a Friday, and we're out and about, which is the best way to do it on a Friday. Uh, we're at the Mountain America Expo Center here in Sandy. Mountain America Expo Center, Sandy. You nailed that. Got it. That's where
3: we're at. I love being here, Alex, but it's also hard because I want stuff that's here, and I can't afford it. Yeah.
1: I bought a, I bought a golf club today, and part of that just was one. just one. <laughs> that's where I'm at in my life. I bought a rescue club that I wanted, and then that was a twofold situation for me, which was I said, oh, I already bought something today, so I can't, I can't buy these many accessories that I want to buy while I'm here. I'll get sold on anything too, JJ. I'll be over here and I'll be like, like they, got the, the, like they have a dehydrated salsa over here. And I'll get sold on that in two seconds. I'm about to walk over You're there. You're going to walk sample. out of here. Go down to yes. the local
3: grocery store, buy the percent. chips, and bring them back.
1: That's a 1,000% what I would do because yep. I'm gullible like that. Oh, it's not gullible. It's a great deal. That's the way I look at it. All right? I'll walk out of here with new sunglasses and some salsa, and I'll go, well, I didn't buy a UTV, honey. See, that's what I do is I go, <laughs> I saved us money today. Uh-huh. I only spent $200 on accessories at the Outdoor Expo, and that means that I didn't buy – I saved us $95,000 because I didn't buy that uh, UTV over there. By the you, way, there is a ninety-five thousand dollars UTV over here.
3: There is. It's amazing. I hope you <laughs> enjoy your uh, salsa in uh, in the doghouse. I know.
1: Yeah. Well, that's. Uh, but see, again, my wife has used that logic. Well, I couldn't not do it. Otherwise, we were going to lose money. It was a deal. I was saving money, <laughs> had to do it. Uh, our program is always brought to you by G2G Bars. All natural ingredients and no preservatives make the G2G Bar unique and a perfect protein bar. They taste amazing. Uh, Local refrigerated section at your grocers at Costco, Holiday Oil, Maverick. You've seen them, of course, popping up also at Smith's and 7-Eleven. So go check it out, G2G Bar. Uh, But let's kick the show off. Let's get Matt
0: Biamonte on the program here with us. It's the cut right here at the top of the hour. It's time for the biggest story of the day. This is what made the cut with JJ and Alex on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. All right. Here's the deal.
1: We have, uh, of course, gotten ourselves very excited about a, uh, a couple things going on here in the world of football. We have spring football to talk about. Matt Bimonte joining us here on the program. Uh, Matt, of course, covers the Cougs for KSL He's going to be down observing practices and doing as much as he can to, uh, to get us going on the BYU side of things of what's going on in spring because they're getting started early here. Matt, what was the – what's the logic behind starting two or three weeks before everybody else on the spring football side of things?
2: (laughs) Oh, that's a good question. Honestly, I kind of like it from the the standpoint of if you get done a little earlier than others, you can have your exit interviews, you can get a jump (laughs) start on the next round of of portaling. So – Mm, rather portaling. than well, still... <laughs> I love that <laughs> you, you, new hey, you, you created something new. Let's go portaling. Let's go portaling, everybody. <laughs> hey, it, it kind of sounds like we, we, we have it a third opportunity for portaling down the road here with wow. some of these rule changes. But nice. Yeah, I I, I kind of like it just in the standpoint of you, you get that done, you have your exit interviews, you let people know where they stand. People can hit the portal earlier from your team, so it's kind of player-friendly in that regard, and then you can focus solely on the portal and everything that's not spring football when that opens up after spring football. So I, I don't hate that they're starting early though. It, it felt a little weird being there in February and it was a leap year, but you look down and it's like, geez, it's February and Super Bowl just ended a couple of weeks ago and spring football's back but and it's not even close to spring, but it was still fun being there.
3: Matt, before we dig into the elephant in the room, which is the BYU quarterback situation and competition. Just give us the overall vibe you felt there. You were at practice today. You were on the grass. You were out there smelling the smells, which I'm jealous of. I wasn't able to get there yesterday. But what was the overall vibe like, and what are some of the things that stood out to you day one?
2: I think the the number one thing that stuck out to me was true freshman tight end Reiner Swanson. Now, Ooh. JJ knows this well, and so does Alex, but we, we don't get to watch a ton of practice. So who knows what happened in the you know 80% of practice that happened before we got there, but he made – Multiple catches from Jake Retzlaff and from Gary Bohannon across the middle, uh, corner routes, that type of – he looked really good. Like, it brought me back to 2019, 2020, when J.J. and everyone else at KSL was in Vegas for the entire month, it seemed like. And I was the only one at BYU (laughs) Spring Football. And, And Isaac Rex was balling out. And mind you, Matt Bushman was still in plans at that point. He hadn't tore his Achilles yet. And you felt like, geez, I know Bushman's here and he's great, but Rex is going to factor in. That was my biggest takeaway from yesterday. Was like, he may not be tight end one, but Reiner Swanson, the true freshman four star tight end at Southern California, he's going to play in the fall and he's going to make a difference. He was Mm -hmm. really, really impressive. And then the other takeaway was, there was a lot more. F- familiarity in terms of just guys that have been in the program for a couple of years. Last year, there were so many new faces at nearly every position. I mean, offensively it's like, okay, they're breaking in Slovis. They're breaking in Robbins. They're breaking in new offensive linemen. They've got a bunch of new tight ends. You've never heard of it. was every position. It felt like there was all these new faces this year. There's not as many new faces, which I think could benefit this team to have a little continuity and to build upon some of the stuff they did last year. So
1: let's talk the quarterback position. And we talk about this quarterback uh, competition. Of course, it was talked about quite a bit. We've already, we've already beaten it to death and we have and we just start day one into uh, the quarterback or into uh, spring ball, Gary Bohannon and Jake Redslap. Are those the only two that are part of the competition or is there a reality of somebody else maybe being the starter or the backup? That's not one of those two guys.
2: Those are the only two. It's it's a two-man race, R- Retzlaff and Bohanan. Both of them had some some really nice moments, some good throws. Uh, Bohannon was on that corner out to Swanson. It had a really good touch on it, you know. It looked stay one, but he, he threw the ball well. He had some some nice passes, so it, it's it's uh it's probably way too early to say this, but it looks like his shoulder is fine after the, at the injury that Ended his tenure at at South Florida and Ratzlaff had some nice throws as well. Some, and and he displayed what, what makes him unique, Uh, his ability to throw from different angles, had a good sidearm throw over the middle to Keanu Hill. I think it's going to be a long battle. And ultimately I don't think, honestly, I don't feel like we're going to have a starter named before the first game. That's been something the staff has done before and I could see it happening again. And, if it's, a, if it's both guys are worthy of being the starter, I think the tie would go to Jake Retzlaff just because of the time that this coaching staff put into him last year and those four starts at the end of the season. But uh, it, there wasn't any separation. They both had moments, and I think it's going to be a long battle between those two.
3: Alex and I just had the conversation about whether that's good or bad, that uh, it could take well into fall camp before a starter's named. What's your opinion on that? Do you think that's, it would be beneficial for the program – to uh, make that announcement and make that decision in March or wait till uh, last week
2: in August. My my opinion is JJ that it's bad. I, I, I think there's a lot to be had from naming a starter at the end of spring. That person gets to be the captain in player practices in the summer. That person will get more reps in the fall, which prepares them more for games and I've just always been a believer of when someone knows that they're the man, they, they carry themselves a different way. And, and that might go against what Kalani always talks about, which is competition and every day you got to earn it. And look, I get it. Like you don't want to just hand someone the job, but I think there is a lot of value to the team, knowing who the guy's going to be getting extra reps with that guy. Cause when you're splitting reps two ways and in spring football, they're splitting it a lot more than that because they, There's even after those two, who's the third guy? There's, there's a number of guys vying for that third spot. And we know that BOU football has had more than two quarterbacks play in a lot of seasons in the independent era and now heading into the big 12. So the reps are split up quite a bit. I I think it's just, I don't know, maybe I'm, I'm not caring enough about competition, but I'm someone who believes in having an established guy, get that guy ready for games and have the teammates that he's going to be playing with at the five offensive linemen and the starting tight ends, like get that group as much repetitions as you can, because there's no, there's no replacement in college football. And I didn't even say college basketball as well. There's no replacement for reps. Like you need as many as you can. There's a limited uh, amount of time that these guys can practice. And I would love it. If one of these dudes won the job at the end of spring, I I just, after one day, it didn't feel like there was any separation at all.
1: Matt Baimonte joining us here on JJ and Alex ninety seven five Sports Zone. And uh, as you yes. got to see that first availability and uh, and kind of talk to some of these players, how's the energy though? I mean, I would imagine these guys. It's beyond a level of excitement. It's a job. It's a uh, it's a ton of work. Obviously, that kind of this is one of those moments where it can it can be put out on a field where they're suiting up partially they're out there trying to impress coaches what's the energy like down there in Provo from the coaches and the players
2: I spoke with Chase Roberts after practice yesterday that's an interview we'll play tomorrow on Cougar Sports Saturday but he just noted how there seems to be a little different uh, urgency to this this year's team because of the way last year ended he actually felt like and he's not the only one who, who felt this way Mitch Harper actually felt this way and Chase Roberts agrees with him that he kind of felt like it was a benefit to the team to have lost that Oklahoma state game the way that they did, because it gave them an extra hunger that they maybe wouldn't have had if they went six and six and got to a bowl game and who knows where they would have went, but it would have felt differently than it did this off season where that, that was such a huge motivating factor. The way that they ended last year, Oh, you know, had several opportunities at the end of the year, to win a sixth game and go to a bowl game. And week after week after week, they couldn't do it. In several of those weeks, they were getting blown out. West Virginia, uh, Iowa State. And so he, he he said, hey, there's there's just a different level of focus and energy right now because we still have that bitter taste in our mouths the way that last season ended. So and I, I think that's a good thing, too, for this group because they have such a hard schedule. We've talked about this on the show. They did not get any favors in conference play. It's got to be incredibly urgent from now until game one, if they're going to improve upon what they did last year.
3: Matt, is there a position battle non quarterback that you find fascinating?
2: The tight end position, man. I I know I just talked about it with Reiner Swanson, but there is basically no production at that position, Uh, but there's a lot of talent. There's multiple four-star tight ends. There's guys they have brought in, from the transfer portal that now this is their second year here. And there's a new tight end coach, which I think kind of resets everything. It's a blank slate for all these guys. Is this the year that Jackson Bowers who last year, there was kind of hope and promise that he would develop into someone who got meaningful snaps offensively. That never happened. Does he take a huge jump forward and become that four-star caliber dude that falls in the footsteps of Isaac Rex, is Reiner Swanson like, did he just come at the perfect time? There's no production here. There's a new tight end coach. Does he just seize the moment? He gets here early so he gets spring football. Does he just become a, a darling, one of the faces of the offense? I mean, it sure looked that way yesterday. And then there's other guys last year that, that are fighting to play and maybe carve out a new role. And then on top of that, you've got Keanu Hill, who he had flashes yesterday. I still have questions as to whether or not he can be in every down tight end. I don't love tight ends that are solely on the field for blocking or solely on the field for running pass routes. I, I feel like it's it makes it easier to defend defensively. Can he prove enough in the run blocking part of his game to be on the field for run plays that disguises his elite ability of being a pass catcher? So. That is such a fascinating battle because there's no clear answer there. And it's, it's going to take a while to figure out. But it's a it's always been a critical part to BYU football success is, is good tight end play. I mean, when you go back throughout the decades, we, we could r- rip off so many names of guys that played in the league and had great careers at BYU. Who's going to be that next guy? I'm going to be watching that battle very closely because it's fascinating.
1: What about the running back room? I mean, that's one thing where, you know, everybody's looking around and there's some familiar names coming back. But uh, are there other guys who, you know, are, are are really piquing the interest of the coaching staff and, and you guys that
2: are watching? The one guy in particular is Miles Davis. Yeah, he, he flirted with the portal and, and came back. Does he earn that backup job? This is It's a really interesting battle because this is one of those positions where I felt like, and myself included, Were they going to add someone before spring football? They opted not to. And depending on how these guys perform, do they go into the next wave of portaling and say, okay, we got to go add someone because the depth isn't there. We need another option. Or does Miles Davis, Heakley Ropati, who missed all of last year, but he has some great flashes two years ago at the end of the season think about that Boise state game where he was making plays in the screen game. He had some nice runs against Stanford. Does he reemerge and become an option? And does LJ Martin also take a big step forward. He had moments last year, but there were also a lot of, a lot of games where he wasn't busting for a hundred yards and he wasn't showing that explosive ability. Does he step forward and, and firmly seize that starting job? So that's a, uh, that's to be determined, and it's it's, it's a really important one, too, because as Chase Roberts noted yesterday in my conversation with him, he talked about how offensively, from just as a whole, offensively, we've got to run the football better, and he's absolutely right. If, if they can't figure out the run game, which is the running backs and the offensive line, then it's going to be another year like last year where they're at the bottom of college football in total offense. You, you can't be reliant on the pass game and have no run game. So it's, it's a critical piece that's going to be interesting here in spring ball.
3: Let's switch gears to BYU hoops, which is a happy topic right now. Uh, nobody saw this coming, the way this BYU team is playing. They are no longer – they are a lock. There's no doubt about that after the win at Kansas. Big game on uh, Saturday against TCU. But, Matt, this is our first chance to get your reaction to the Kansas win. What did BYU prove to everyone about them and what they're capable of after the way they performed at the Fog Allen Fieldhouse.
2: I think they proved to everyone that they're still getting better. Like th- these were moments of games that they had lost previously. And, and we hadn't seen it yet. A breakthrough on the road, late in games, executing offensively. They were getting great shots against Kansas down the stretch. Now they made them. But they were the quality of the looks were great too. And and that wasn't the case earlier in the year against Cincinnati and a loss at home against Houston. They were having a hard time generating good looks down the stretch. And you love, too, that it was two of your best players making the plays. Jackson Robinson, nailing three-pointers, Dallin Hall off the dribble, breaking down Hunter Dickinson, drilling a three in his face. Like those are big confidence builders for guys that have to. Make those plays at the end of games. You need guys in, in specific roles late in games that you can trust to make a play. And to see Dallin Hall and Jackson Robinson do that on the road in one of the best venues in college basketball, that to me signaled that this team is still improving and learning. And that was the one area where I had real concern going into the tournament was late in game. Where do they go, and who's going to make the plays? We finally saw that in a big win against Kansas, one of the biggest wins in program, program history. And now there's a real opportunity with two of your last three games at home. If you beat TCU, look, TCU's gathering votes. like They're a good, experienced yeah. team. It's going to be hard. But if you can win your home games, you got a real shot at a five-seed which would be big for this team. So that, that was a, a sweet win, but I loved in particular that it was late game execution that got them the win.
1: What's the, uh, I mean, how do they avoid the letdown from uh, the insane emotion from Lawrence on, on, uh, on Tuesday night versus a Saturday game against, uh, against TCU who comes to the Marriott center. And they're just like, yeah, we hope you guys are still thinking about that game.
2: I think you, you nailed it, Alex. It's the Merritt Center. I, I think if, if they go on the road, they probably lose because it's, it's hard to, to generate that energy all the time. But you come back to the Merritt Center. The Merritt Center has been, if not the best venue in the Big 12 this year, I mean, it has been elite, the home court advantage down in Provo. It, it's right up there in the top three. Being back at home is such a huge boost for them that I think should help them eliminate or maybe not eliminate, but avoid the hangover because it's hard. And that question was asked to the players and coach Pope and media availability this week. And he said, you know, it's, it's a part of it, but we just got to stay focused one game at a time. But being at home is, is big. Cause there's been games at home this year where they haven't played necessarily great. You know, Kansas state is one that comes to mind. UCF comes to mind, but the crowd was so great. It gave them such a boost at moments I think that is a, a big deal tomorrow against TCU to avoid that hangover. Just to be back at home. It's a sellout, so I think BOU fans uh, have re engaged after that Kansas win. And I think it's going to be a, a lively venue, and that should help them avoid that hangover.
1: A very, very, very good edition of Cougar Sports Saturday tomorrow because of the football and the basketball angles. Matt Biamonte, one of the hosts with Mitch Harper, of course, on KSL News Radio. Matt, we appreciate it, man. We'll talk to you again.
2: Of course. Have a great weekend, you guys. There you go. Right.
1: Thanks, Matt. Matt. Bye, Monty. Avoiding the hangover in Provo, something they're very good at.
0: Your home for the best coverage of the Jazz, Utes, and Cougars is right here on the zone. This is JJ and Alex. Presented by G2G Bars on 975, the KSL Sports Zone.
1: All right, welcome back. 97.5 BKSL Sports Zone. We are at the Mountain America Expo Center. JJ, what city is this in? This is uh, uh, Sandy. Mountain.
3: That was a trick question.
1: Mountain America Expo Center, Sandy.
3: Well, that's why I knew. <laughs> but I don't no. want to. I don't want to step on your toes no, because no. nobody does it better than you. Sandy.
1: <laughs> Sandy.
3: Uh, that's a real uh, humdinger <laughs> here. It's a. Uh, Sounds like an old-school <laughs> uh, baseball play-by-play guy from the 20s.
1: Uh, Hank Azaria does that. Uh, yeah,
3: that show's great. I we can't, know, we're not even allowed to talk about that show on, KS, on it's KSL It's definitely so.
1: very – it's very much a
3: – People uh, that have seen the show know what we're talking about right yes, now. Yes, absolutely. It's great. Hank Azaria is hilarious.
1: One of the best voices yes. in the history of voicing over. Take a jazz flag, too. We got jazz flags over here. That's the one you wave around at the gate. Yeah, let's do it. Let's go. Absolutely. Put it on a wall. There we you go. Gotta, we gotta, uh, JJ, we just uh, earned a fan for life. Good. Okay? Good. I need, I could, I, that's why? one. I've got one. You know what JJ does really great here? Hand out candy to Give kids. away stuff that doesn't belong <laughs> to me? Give away stuff. Be like, you know what? You can have that. <laughs> you can have that. I made that chapstick. I'm going to have, have to
3: have a meeting on uh, Monday oh, at 11 a.m. Yeah.
1: with someone in HR. Absolutely. Uh, okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Totally. Yep. Take it. Absolutely. Oh, he's a chap <laughs> – no one's been described as a chapstick nut That's ever. a new thing. Until right now. Okay. My son's a chapstick nut. They might want to talk to somebody Th- no, about it's that. No, it's not like this. Uh, sorry. Can we get a quick autograph? JJ, my kid loves KSL Sports Live. <laughs> yeah, right. Can I get a free chapstick? My three-year-old loves KSL Sports cha- Live. He's a chapstick nut. Uh-huh. All right. Uh, by the way, next uh, week on the KSL Sports Zone – there is a win ticket Wednesday. Of course, we do that every Wednesday. Win ticket Wednesday is going to uh, be when we get. Here is where we get to roll it out on Fridays. Here is the actual tickets you can win. Dan and Shea at Utah First Credit Union Amphitheater, September twentieth of this year. Dan and Shay. Uh, my wife into Dan and Shay. Likes the. Uh, that's how I know it's They're, not Dan yeah, plus Shay because I think it's like it feels like a Peg plus Cat situation. Yeah. Dan and Shay. Yeah, but with a plus sign. That's what it is. All right? Dan and Shea giving away those tickets on Wednesday. And uh, also, we've got Real Salt Lake tickets to give away in about 20 minutes. So, don't miss it. We're going to give those away as well. I think for tomorrow's match, right, Jeremy? Is that what's going on? Yeah. Wow. So tomorrow's match, we're going to give away some tickets. You might as well. Uh, I mean, look, first home match of the season. See what I did there? Home match. I like that on the pitch if you're cl- yeah if American you're lucky First Field. if you're lucky I'll call it pitch all right they're going to be wearing their kits <laughs> on the pitch <laughs> 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 they got their football for boots. their match they got their football <laughs> boots it's not even it's not even cleats they're boots you got right? them all right checked all the boxes all right. you are officially a uh, soccer uh, aficionado yes i am so bracketology let's give you a little bit of an update because and by the way we would never mention any of this if you didn't have teams that were firmly planted in the middle of the discussion of teams that could make a difference in March Madness. By the way, Utah State and BYU both are teams that if you have experts talking about it, they're like watch out. Yeah. Utah State knows how to win close games. BYU can shoot the absolute lights out and that is a that comes at a premium in the tournament. Yep. And they've also shown that they can beat teams that are favored. <laughs> in these they beat
3: uh, the number seven team in the country in one of the toughest places to play in the country, and and they and they and they could do that again in the yeah. tournament. There's no doubt about four it. four
1: top twenty five wins for BYU this year. Impressive. Uh, what has that gotten them? It's in the firmly in the conversation of they are currently sitting as the first of four six seeds. Mm. In, bracket, in, ba- in bracket in bracket matrix. matrix. So what they bra- okay. what, if you're not familiar with bracket matrix, they take. Not you, you, JJ. I wish I was smart (laughs) enough to do that. Uh, There are 115 brackets I think they go over, you know, all the big ones and then all the way down to even small regional ones, which those, by the way, are some that get it totally right Right. compared to even some of the big dogs. So BYU's average uh, seed in in bracket matrix across the 109 brackets is 5.81, which is the first time that they've cracked that five point something on bracket matrix all season long which means that at the very least everybody has them at about a six seed yeah and joey brackets yeah but you have, brackets, a, handful you have, a, you have a, a handful
3: that have them at four i'm a Leonardi guy i love joey brackets yeah, yeah. i think he's most accurate obviously with espn and he's got byu moving up he's got him a five seed in the salt lake oh please regional please 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 in the same line as san diego state it would be a four seed how much so, fun would that be with the history between those two schools playing for a spot in the Sweet 16. Okay, listen.
1: At Delta Center. Kids kids who love college sports and love watching games. I was trying to explain to my son the other day like, "Hey, buddy, I think you should go to some like you're you're at a formidable age. That 15 that 13 to 15-year-old age is like you'll remember going to some NCAA tournament games in Salt Lake City. So even if BYU's there or not, or Utah State's there or not? I'm going to say, go to those games in uh, at Delta Center. Go to the games. NCAA tournament games are not something that comes around uh, all the time. We're lucky enough to be in a market that gets games quite often, right? And yeah, so that's we are. Uh, we're on that rotation every three or four years. It seems. And and periodically we get the you know the, the regional championship is here. So you'll have you know teams that are this year fighting to get like you said into the Sweet Sixteen. So a couple first round games. Our first and second round games, and then every so often you get the Sweet 16 and Elite Eight games, and that when that happened, uh, when was the last time we had that? That was that Butler, yeah, Gordon Hayward. That was the that was the Butler That's when we had the regional. Gonzaga, oh, uh,
3: Gordon Hayward. It would, it would, the funny thing is Gordon would become drafted by the Jazz, but the, that year previous in March Madness, uh, I think they had to go through uh, Kansas State in a classic, right? If you remember, yeah, that Kansas State team was really good. That Kansas State team beat Xavier in another thriller. One of the best regionals that's ever been through here. It was just unbelievable to play, but, yeah,
1: we, expe- we experienced that moment, and it's pretty cool to see somebody cut down the nets. So this is when I'm telling my kids, look, let's try to get to these games, all right? You guys try to go over to them. Plus, just, like, wandering around, getting a ticket to uh, those games and just kind of hanging around, like, that is that is so fun to be in that atmosphere and to see people coming from all over the country to watch their team in the NCAA tournament. So BYU's a 5.81 average across there. Utah State, a 6.57 average across bracket matrix. I mean, BYU is in the hardest conference by far, right? Yep. They get a lot of attention. Utah State doesn't get the attention from the national guys as much. But this, to me, the people who are in the know, this, to me, they're the highest-ranked seven seed in, in this in the latest of bracketology, right in the latest uh, a bracket matrix they're as high as five seeds on some of these yeah I, I even think that yeah this is CBS has them as a five seed, so one of the big ones has them as a five seed, and again you 've got BYU is a six seed Utah State is a seven seed Utah right now has had a good stretch of the last two out of three games by the way, beating UCLA by double digits on the road. I did not see that coming considering how bad. Utah has been. So they yeah, they won at the buzzer at UCLA. Remember? Oh so, yes, they that's beat right. UCLA by forty at home. That's that's what it was. Yes. That's what it was. So yeah. they so they end up being one of these teams that can't win on the road, but they do it at a really really important spot of the season. Craig Smith brought that up. Uh, I was actually listening to, the, to some of his post game comments. He's like, "We've been trying to, like, we've been trying to dial in." The reason that people were talking about us in the first place, right? Like, yeah. there's a reason why we were in the conversation for a long, long time, and still are kind of on the fringe of that conversation. Uh, but they got to do a lot of work to still get back in again uh, to that conversation as being a a uh, a, a team that's going to get in the NCAA tournament. I would imagine that right now it's a little bit much, but they're still hanging around. Like they're on 16 of the 108 bracket or 109 brackets. They are an average of an eleven point oh six seed, so they would be kind of in that play in uh, type area. Yeah, we'll have to see what their uh, seeding is in the
3: Pac twelve tournament because what I think Utah needs is they need to go on a very deep run in the Pac twelve tournament and they got to beat Arizona. They came so very close at home, had them in overtime and and let that one go. They need a quality win that pushes them over the top because you are looking at the bubble right now and they're right on it, but they're on the other they're on the wrong side. And it's really hard to get quality wins right now because the Pac-12 just doesn't have any outside of Arizona and Washington State. So they need to beat Washington State and or Arizona in that Big 12 tournament and make a deep run in order to get that push over the top. But you know that team's capable. Obviously, they've been bit by the injuries. I just don't think they have enough depth. Depth has been a problem for them all season. Davon Smith has been a revelation for them. Another triple-double in the win over Stanford yesterday. You's got Cal on, on Sunday. I I don't know though. I think that they really have to have something like that happen, that scenario play out, or they're going to be on the outside looking in, no matter what happens.
1: Uh, speaking of uh, local teams, of course, uh, I'm. I, I mean, obviously, your conversation with Dylan Jones uh, last week, like that, has sort of brought brought a lot of focus to a lot of folks to see how good of a player he is. What was his stat line against Montana or against Northern Colorado the other night? This is insane. This was
3: last last night in a come from behind win in uh, overtime over Northern Colorado. A nice win for them in Big Sky play. His line, 30 points, 23 rebounds, 9 assists, 3 steals.
1: And that's on a night where he shot 1 of 9 from 3. So the bracketologists have, those are crazy numbers, by the way. Insane. Who had 23 uh, assists? Was it... uh, who stared down, oh, it was uh, Tyrese Halliburton. Yes. He stared down Wally Zerbiak. That's, yeah. When he went to, like, a couple of weeks ago, he had yeah, 20. Yeah, yeah, Anyway, that number 23 uh, for the rebounds for for uh, Dylan Jones stood out because the 23 assists that, uh, that Halliburton had that yeah. night where he stared down Wally Zerbiak. I'm going, oh, my goodness. By the way, Weber State, the second most uh, in terms of respect from the bracketologists behind Eastern Washington out of the big sky. I think people, you just kind of go look. Eastern Washington is your odds-on favorite to win. Right now, like, yeah. like if you're just talking odds, right? Sure. Yeah, but crazy things can happen, and it's not like Eastern Washington is is has been this unbelievably unbeatable team. They are a very good basketball team, but you've sort of sold me on what Dylan Jones can do as a as a guy who can score at that rate, and superstars in the NCAA tournament is always a good thing. Superstars in a Big Sky Conference tournament, Yes, like they will absolutely be the difference maker of you beating everybody. It's always in the Big Sky going to come
3: down to starch, madness, and Boise. <laughs> oh, gosh. Give me – if you, all you, you need three wins in Boise, give me Dylan Jones of Weber State. I, thi- I, I think the best player is going to separate. And let me throw out this stat. This shows you just how incredible Dylan Jones' game last night was. This is from Optostats, NBA or Division One players, with thirty plus points, twenty plus rebounds, and eight plus assists in a game in the last five seasons. Nikola Jokic, Luka Doncic, Giannis,
1: LeBron James, and
3: Dylan Jones.
1: Oh, not a bad uh, group to be a part that of. That is good company. All right. Uh, here's what we have. We uh gotta take a break. When we come back, we've got more to cover. Hey, we've got some uh, we've got an MLB update. Should we? Little M L B update? Are we getting everybody excited Let's about this? Let's do it. That? Let's pump up people even more. Let's go. there's good news on that front. There is good news. I was, I, you know what? It's been all good news, really, over the past couple of months. There it's hasn't been, been one setback with this stuff. Phenomenal. It's all coming together. Phenomenal. All right, we'll take the break here. We'll come back. We've got more to go. Right here from Slorex, S L O R E X dot com to get your tickets to the off road and outdoor expo here at uh, the Mountain America Expo Center here in Sandy. We're gonna take the break, we'll come back 97.5, seven five the KSL sports zone
0: accessing when tv and radio collide love it wow. this is what you get you're listening to jj and alex presented by g2g bars don't touch that guy! on 97.5 bksl sports So.
1: All right, everybody, welcome back. It 97.5 ninety-seven-five, the Sports Zone. Alex Curie Jeremiah Jensen, JJ, and Alex, right here on a Friday. Here with you, we are out and about at the Mountain America Expo Center here in Sandy. so I would say normally when we have these, uh, when we have all of these different, we go to the boat show, we go to the RV show, and they'll have those Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. The Salt Lake Outdoor and Off Road Expo is a today and tomorrow situation only. So if you want to come down and obsess over. But I would say, J.J., that the toys that are at this oh, man. are cooler than any other show that you can have here at the Expo Center. The amount of cool – this is when the kids get excited. This is when they walk this, around with their eyes big, right? This brings the kid out of me. Oh, yeah. Because, like, I would have loved to have had
3: toys that look like this. And now I'm looking at these things. These are real vehicles. Like, the, side, uh, the
1: side-by-side is, what, $95,000 $95, side-by-side? Yeah, yeah. Are you kidding me? You could buy two Jeeps with that, by the way. It looks incredible. It's wild. I mean, I'm – yeah. Some of the I want guys, that. Some of the funnest guys to talk to at these expo are, that, like I said, the, uh, the recovery guys yeah. who come in, and they're like, you're stuck because you suck, and we're going to help you out. <laughs> <laughs> but then they'll even say – even the best of us get stuck. We got to get My favorite is when the recovery guys have to get recovered by their friends yeah. wh- while they were recovering somebody else. I would That's totally destroy update. that $95,000 <laughs> side-by-side. No
3: J.J., what's it. an update on the Major League Baseball situation here in the state of Utah? Well, they got a big endorsement. That's one. I think we all understand that the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints has a big impact in the state, and they're 100% in support of the NHL to Utah stadium proposal. And, by the way, that stadium proposal has passed in
1: the uh, in the legislature. Yeah, going to so, uh, going to going to Governor Cox's what's desk. What's stopping it now, Alex? Yeah. It's Does not stopping. Mean, the momentum I, continues. Can I ask you this? Yes. Does this mean I get an endorsement to go to baseball games on Sunday? One hundred percent. Okay, got yep. it. You heard it here first. Yep. President Nelson's <laughs> giving you uh, a hall pass. When listen, if you would have said twenty years ago, yeah, we'll probably get a, you'll probably get a, a, a memo. From the PR department, from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, saying that they endorse a baseball team coming here to the state of Utah. <laughs> Mark it down on the bingo card. There you I, go. I did not have that one. Did not see that coming. No. But there you go. Uh, so it's on. It's going to be on the governor's desk. And then, uh, like we were saying, if you're mad about it, though, I mean, it's not going to be five minutes away from your house, as it was kind of initially thought oh, Yeah. About. But I still think you're probably – I mean, you're still better off than not having the prison.
3: Doesn't it right? make a lot of sense? Yeah, of course. Right there in downtown. Of course. And – if, you, if it's Ryan Smith's going to be the owner, which is obvious, then to uh, combine the Jazz and the new NHL team in the same building. And, uh, make it a big, huge center for everybody to come downtown, revitalize downtown, make downtown a hot spot again. And uh, I think it makes sense. If you're going to do this, do it there.